0: This is the intro, this is the intro, this is the intro to the Poet and Billy, Podcast Extravaganza!
1: How are you? I'm good. Good, good, good. What about you? How are you? Also good. Yeah? I can't complain. First
0: first week as a 30-year-old under your belt, how's it feel?
1: Uh, About the same. About the same as how it felt the last week of being 29. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so which is good, I guess. I mean, you know, yeah, I don't want to I don't want to be that, you know, in one of those situations where I suddenly am like not able to walk and I have like a bad hip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I speaking of situations, I have a question
0: for you. Okay. As a 30-year-old man, I want to know how would you handle this situation? You're out for a good time with friends at your local watering hole. Okay. Watering hole. Yes. In this scenario, you're also smoking a cigar. Okay. A naked man comes in and rouses the joint. At one point you put the cigar out on his chest. How, how do you think it would happen after that for you?
1: uh well here's the thing so in this hypothetical yes why 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 am i suddenly not only am i the type to smoke a cigar which is not me um but also I'm the type to put a cigar out on a naked man's chest yes okay so why am i this kind of person i don't understand you know
0: well what what
1: what has this naked guy done that i'm like i'm gonna put this out on his chest
0: he, well, he's just beaten up some of your friends at the local watering establishment that you're at. And by water establishment, I mean you're at a bar. You're oh, having a good time yes. at a bar. I figured your friends, that's what it meant. This I didn't think naked we man drinking water. comes in, beats up your friends, and in an effort to intimidate him, you put your cigar out on his chest.
1: Now look, if this is the Terminator 2 scene, I just want you to know, he had not, he didn't beat anybody up yet. The guy oh, put yeah. this I, thing out. I
0: just looked up and that was the scene that was going yeah, on. Yeah, he did
1: not do it. Man, so one time when I was at uh, Music Fest in Memphis, uh-huh. uh, we, it was some friends of mine, we went up to uh, one of the stages because a band was going to play after the guy that was singing. Uh... And the guy that was singing was a country singer. His name escapes me right now. Uh, but, like, I knew the name because, like, he's also been an, an, he's also an actor and stuff. So we were, like, kind of listening, kind of not. We were just kind of just talking, waiting for it to, to end so that some people would leave and we could get up closer to the stage for the show we were waiting on. And then he started playing a song, and me and my buddy looked at each other and we're like, hey, this is the Terminator 2 song. It's the song that's playing – when uh when he walks into the bar and like i felt it was the weirdest moment in a a, like show that i think i'd ever had where i was just like hey you guys remember that scene in terminator 2 (laughs) but thankfully there were other people there that got it
0: that's good like if
1: it was like if it was just me and liz and i was like oh my god this is the song from terminator 2 she would just be like oh god why is
0: that why is this happening um, so yeah, Terminator 2 is on, is what I was trying to tell you in that long, long drawn out way.
1: Man, that's a great movie.
0: It is. Speaking of great movies, I've watched some okay movies this week. Really? One, one okay movie, two that were not okay. What did you watch? Um, uh, so I did a double feature, uh, of, uh, Bloodshot. And Bad boys three uh bloodshot did not I mean, the beginning was a really really rough sell of the movie. It was not it was just too much going on like uh like there's stuff that happens that like is delivered in a way to make you. Think that this is really happening, but if it was really happening, it would have went like a different, they wouldn't, this is how they would react if it was really happening. Right. But they know it's not really happening because it's a conceit that they, this is something that always happens. What, what happens in the beginning is something that's previously happened to the characters, even though you're seeing it for the first time. And okay. so they're, they're reacting as if it's real, but this isn't, it's not real. Like this is the same thing that happens every time. So it's a weird conceit. It's like they want to make the audience believe that the situation you're watching is real and not something they've manufactured. If that makes sense.
1: I gotta tell you, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like All maybe right. if I see, if I saw the movie, I would know. Can I or, spoiler, like, understand.
0: Can we spoiler the movie for you and those watching at home?
1: Yeah. All right. Well, what
0: so, so Vin Diesel is a soldier. Yes. The, the movie starts We're, off pretty
1: much like he is in most movies.
0: Yeah. The movie starts off. We uh, interchanging, you know, him on a mission, uh, uh, and you you see his wife um uh cut to you know he takes he takes the bad guys out uh goes to
1: celebrate then can i guess does his wife die
0: yes he he, him and his wife are kidnapped and his wife is killed by this guy he Uh, then and then he
1: gets superpowers and wants to get revenge on the guy
0: that's well so he
1: did i write this movie
0: no but hold on so he gets killed he wakes up and he doesn't have any memory of really of what's happened but they begin to tell them that he was a soldier who died and they uh have injected him with some nanites that make him incredibly strong heal him all kinds of stuff So you see him take these superpowers out for a little spin in their workout room. And after that, he begins to have memories of his past life. At which point, he remembers his wife was killed, and he remembers the man who killed him. And with his new nano uh, superpowers, he tracks this dude down via the internet, and he goes and kills him. This yeah, is the, This is
1: sounding this is sounding quasi RoboCop here.
0: First twenty minutes of the movie.
1: Oh, that's that's a lot for the first twenty minutes.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's probably the first twenty minutes of the movie. There's this huge fight. This is this is probably the hardest this is the hardest part to get through is this opening fight of him killing the guy who killed his wife is involves a giant truck of flour that he uses to crash into this guy's convoy inside a tunnel. So then you get this weird dark tunnel uh, lit by the brake lights of the stopped cars and the headlights and all this flower in the air from this accident. And there's all this shooting and fighting inside this. And all of that flower would have blown up the first time there was a, a, a flame lit. And that, for me, was like one of the hardest parts to get past in the movie was how lacking in believability this scene would be given the fact that I'm dealing with a guy who has nanites in his blood
1: that allow him to... I was going to say, this is where you drew the line? Well, no, it's just... like I,
0: if, if you're going to do something unbelievable, don't have something so unrealistic that it it takes away from the unbelievable stuff
1: Oh, i know what you mean it's like they they, it they took it just just not quite serious enough because of that yeah right yeah
0: well so so he kills the guy and he comes back and they're gonna uh you know put him uh through the stuff (laughs) And it's at this point that one of the characters reveals to him that this isn't the first time he's done this. And they wipe his memory. And essentially, they reprogram him with a new target. And they do that by having the new target kidnap him and his wife and kill his wife. And so,
1: it's just... This seems like a weird... That seems like a lot. Why wouldn't they just have him go after...
0: Well, and here's the thing there there are four other people on the team that are treated as they're like the general grievances to Darth Vader, you know what I mean? Like they were like they were not like you know, one guy lost his vision and now he has this weird camera set up on his chest, and he can he flies drones about, so he has this crazy vision now. And then like one guy doesn't have any legs anymore, but now he's got robotic legs and then this other chick like can't breathe or something. Like she was like a navy SEAL, so now she's got like a dolphin thing and he could and the main bad guy controls all of this through his fucking cybernetic arm and it's like it's it's very comic booky and I know it's based on a comic book and it's something it's some universe they're trying to promote. That is just—it's. I mean, just, so
1: far it sounds like somebody took pieces of like RoboCop, Memento, and Universal Soldier and threw it together, and we're like, "Here we go." It's so funny
0: you said Memento because that's Guy Pierce is the bad guy dude, the leader, <laughs> the leader bad guy dude. So, anyways. It was very. That's actually good. Yeah, I like
1: Guy Pierce though. That's 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 too bad. Like you know, because I remember seeing the trailer and thinking like, oh, this looks like it could be okay and it, I interesting. Mean, you know, it was, it was.
0: I I watched it for free. It was okay. Um, if you really don't have anything else to do, it's fine. And it's,
1: Guy Pierce being the bad guy, he can he has the ability, I guess, to fight Vin Diesel physically, right?
0: No, he controls Vin Diesel's nanites Until... Oh, God So one of the bad guys, scientists Used open source code to create the, the program for the nanites And it just so happens The guy who created the open source code That this guy used Is also, like, the guy they somehow teamed up with
1: It sounds like there's a lot of like coincidences and he hacked his code
0: and locked him out. And like, there's this subplot that they never fully go into until like the end. And then like, there's just this throwaway line about how it's no longer a problem. And it's like his nanites use a finite amount of power. And so if he uses too much, uh, if they you know, like they're if they're constantly healing him, like if he takes an explosion, he can only take one explosion and heal from it and he shouldn't take any more because it's gonna overtax his things. And so of course, he's
1: not he's technically not invincible. Correct. He can be killed if enough. And he forces. can be
0: hacked and he can be hacked, right? And so anyway, so it gets to this point where he's fighting the, the bad guy and he decides, Well, I'm just gonna use all my power and tap out and kill him. And and he does, and then of course the the other people bring him back, and then the guy's just like, "Oh yeah, that little problem, I hacked it, so it's no longer a problem."
1: The ultimate it Deus Ex mocking of yeah. I hacked it, so <laughs> it it was
0: just it was so bad, and this is it's funny because and I'm guessing
1: all the enemies that he fights, like there's no one that can stand against him, right?
0: No, no, yeah. No, no way. The, the leg guy is the only one who can really stand with him, and it's not even... It's, it's really not...
1: Because that was one of the things, like... That's why I, I am looking forward to the, the, the next movie in the Old Guard series, because one of the things that I didn't... You know, I have a little bit of a problem with in that first movie is that when you have characters like that, with, like, that... Basically, they're Superman in some way, but you don't have anyone that can... Match them, it kind of takes away from the whole experience because you're like, when do they ever feel like they're in danger? You're like, well, I mean, you're nothing, you can fucking do everything and not die.
0: Yeah. So, cut to a week later, I'll get back to bad boys. Cut to today, I get off work, I watch the new Jamie Foxx Netflix movie, Project Power.
1: Oh, I didn't know that was out. How was it?
0: It just came out today. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I will say it is a Netflix movie. If this was in cinemas, I don't know how well it would do, but I think because it's a Netflix movie, it's going to do huge. I will say there are times when the look of it looks more like something you'd see on arrow, meaning that like, it just feels like they caught some side street in Toronto and pulled their iPhones out to shoot this scene.
1: Uh, it feels more like, a, like some scenes feel like television compared instead yeah. of a movie.
0: But the special effects that they do on the powers and some of the deaths is really freaking good. Like, really good. Like, the whole opening fight is with a guy who's on fire, and he looks really fucking good. Um, they got a couple burn, like people being burned away animations that look fantastic. There's this one guy that there's, the fight is so ridiculous. And I know the guy has to, I know some of it is CGI and some of it is just that the guy is probably really like flexible, I guess. But it is a fucking crazy fight. I mean, they really do a good job with the powers in this movie. Um, And Joseph Gordon-Levitt, fantastic. The two young girls who are in it are great. Jamie Foxx is a badass. Um, uh, I don't know if they're going to do more. Presumably they they could um, do a sequel, but it doesn't necessarily feel to me like... If they didn't do a sequel, that I wouldn't feel like, yo, is anybody going to rescue Han Solo? You know what I mean? Like, it feels very like, oh, okay, cool. That was a cool little one-off movie. But I think if it does well enough, Netflix might consider doing another Project Power. And, and what's interesting about this one, do you know the conceit for this one?
1: Yeah, isn't it like they... I based on what I can tell, I haven't. I don't think I've even seen yeah, an entire trailer for it. But like, did they take like pills or something to take to get powers? But it's like a random power or something. Yeah,
0: basically, they're powers, um, and you take a pill, and for five minutes, it grants you the powers. Now, uh, it's not random per se. It's not random each time it's random per user. So you and I can take the pill and we're going to get two different powers potentially, but every time we take that pill, we're going to get the same, those power. same powers, yeah.
1: Okay.
0: Um but they only last for 5 minutes is the conceit of the movie, of the of the, you know, the the, the story or whatever and in comparison i don't i can't speak to whether or not project power is based on a comic book i didn't know the old guard was based on a comic book until after i read it i knew going into bloodshot that it was based on a comic book and that they were positioning to start a whole new cinematic universe based on this comic book properties cuz i guess it's a part of a group of comic books the the valiant or something like that comic book universe, I don't know. I didn't watching the old guard, I had no clue it didn't feel like a comic book movie to me until afterwards when I, re- I was like, "Oh, this is based on a comic? That's kind of cool. Like now I kind of want to read the comic." Um the blood spot, the bloodshot did not make me interested in the comic or the universe on a cinematic scale at all. Um but project power I would totally be into another movie just to see kind of where because there are implications in the movie for future storylines and so uh, but like I said um, I don't know if it's if they're going to do a sequel to it because it feels very much like it could be just a one off Um, and Bad Boys 3 was I mean it was good to see uh will and Martin back um but like they had this like new team and the new team was like a
1: bit too
0: character, if you will like
1: well, they what didn't... you mean like they were over the top or yeah,
0: they felt like they were too much they were trying too much to be like an archetype or something and it was just not. It left a lot to be desired, like, (coughs) Will and Martin back together was great, um, spoiler alert, uh, the movie starts with them rushing to, uh, Martin's daughter having a baby, and you, uh, see that the father of her baby is the same guy that she went on the date with in the first Bad Boys where Will and Martin grilled him at the uh, at the front door and threatened him and shit. So, like, stuff like that was cool, um, but, like, um, but it just, it, I don't know. Maybe if I'd have watched it at a different time, I don't know. It was just, it just wasn't good. See, know. I've
1: never been big on the Bad Boys movies, so I didn't watch the third one. I'm not really interested in it. And it's I, not because I, I don't, they're bad necessarily uh in fact they're probably some of the better movies that michael bay's done did he direct the third one too
0: no uh two other people directed it but he makes a cameo (laughs) in it i really only like the first bad boys the second one i could take or leave
1: yeah i you know i think it's just i don't like martin lawrence Mm. see i i like martin lawrence i i i think he's annoying and like everything that he's in Mm.
0: See, I like I liked his uh, stand-up comedy uh, before he got into movies, and so um, uh, I don't know. I like I like uh, him and his movies. Uh, but uh, did you watch anything? Did you read anything? Did you see anything? Did you play anything?
1: Uh, well, yes, yes, and yes. All I right. uh, so I watched. today actually i watched uh, a movie on disney plus called uh magic camp (laughs) you know i like magic so i was like that's that's cool what is this uh i guess it just got put on there today and i I was i was gonna just put on the simpsons but then i was like oh okay i'll have this on while i hang out with booker and it's a fun cute movie it's about a magic camp like obviously like a a space name implies it yeah but for people that for for kids that want to be magicians and It was fun. Uh, it's a, it's a fun little movie. Uh, you know, it's cute. Nothing to write home about or anything. Uh, and then let's see, I, I'm almost done reading, uh, the night swim, which is not about sex. Well, I mean, it is, but not, but it's not, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It's, it's pretty good. I've got maybe 50 pages left of that. So I'll probably finish it tonight. Um, but it's 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 all right. I finished reading uh, *The Killing Moon* by oh man, why is her last name escaping me? N.K. It's not Jameson. Uh, anyway, very good writer. She actually she's won the Hugo a few times uh, for her last trilogy, I think. Uh, this is the first book I've read by her, and I I enjoyed it. It's a it's a good. Uh, it's so it was a, fu- it's a fun little fantasy book that has a lot of, uh, basis on Egyptian and African culture, uh, mostly Egyptian, uh, instead of like a more, you know, instead of, you know, how fantasy is usually very medieval or European kind of style. Like in this one, it's yeah. like, oh, these are black people, neat you know, so that, that was cool. It was, it had a different feel to it, uh. Although it's a very, very plot driven book that I, I kind of wasn't looking for that. I was hoping I like the world like they did. She does a good job building the world and everything. And but I you're mostly just following the plot along and there's a little bit of character stuff here and there. But it's like I don't I feel like I did not really get to know a lot of the characters as the story went, which is but that's uh, that's a small complaint uh, for a book that I pretty much I, I enjoyed for the most part. Uh, and I bought Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is actually what I was playing before I got on here to uh, to do this podcast. And, and what do you think so far? Oh, I love it. I love it. I am uh, about, I'm like six some odd hours in, uh, Cloud just met Aerith, and uh, yeah, it was hard to tear myself away to come do this, but I was like, nope, I have, I gotta, I gotta, Gotta do my podcast. Gotta do my thing.
0: I'll be honest with you. I was playing something, and when you texted me, I was like, oh, "All right, <laughs> let's get on
1: right now." Well, it's funny. I hadn't heard from you, so I was like, mm, "I'm about to," because I knew because of the fact that I knew. You know, they they had, they add a lot of stuff, obviously, because you know, like in this remake. It mostly, from what I know. Mostly it all takes place in Midgar. So it's not technically like the full story from from Final Fantasy VII, which I'm fine with. I like the fact that they kind of extended it. Because so far the stuff that they've added in has been really fun and interesting. It's added a lot of character to uh, the other people in Avalanche. So like Jesse and Biggs and Wedge, uh, which is neat because suddenly you you get this attachment to them and get to know them and like them and – I'm sure it's gonna hurt a lot when they fucking die. Spoilers, um, but they die. So <laughs> unless the remake changes it, I don't think it will. But uh, but yeah. So but because uh, it, but despite them adding stuff, I knew what was coming from the first game when I was like, oh, Aerith is coming, and then I like I, we met her, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna protect her. And then I was thinking of all this stuff, and I was like, ah, I better text Poet because I feel like if I don't do it now, I'm gonna get so caught up in this that I'll be doing because I I will lose time playing that game. Yeah. so easily um and i have
0: um well i was trying to be respectful i got off earlier than expected i almost texted you at five my time to be like hey i'm ready whenever but i was like nah i know he's got his wife his baby i was like let me be respectful and then i was like i knew the tony Hawk demo would drop today but like i couldn't figure out how to get it. And so I finally looked it up and I just got it downloaded and was loading into play when you texted me. So, oh man. So I, I, fuck, I'll i download that. I didn't know. Uh, well you had to have pre-ordered it to get access oh. to, the, to the demo. Yeah. What
1: um, fucking bullshit is that? Just let us play the demo. Um, oh, it.
0: It, it just lets you play two minutes as Tony Hawk. What? on the warehouse map and it, it's fantastic. It's just like, oh man, it's just like how I remember, man. I can't wait to get in there and really get back into some Tony Hawk. Cause like, you don't know, man, I, used, you know, how I love to make maps, man. I made so many skate parks. I had one skate park that was literally all rails and me and my cousin would play graffiti And it would just be us going back and forth trying to do the biggest tricks. And then it would get to the time ran out, right? And so time doesn't stop or, you know, it doesn't stop until you mess your trick up. So then it would be like, who could last the longest? And you would just get these crazy battles between where we're just rail hopping all over this weird ass map I made doing these extra long grinds.
1: Oh. Yeah, I, I I used to do that. That was pretty fun. Uh, and I, yeah, I forgot I forgot about the map maker. Uh, you being the way you are, I bet you got a lot of fun out of that. Uh, oh man, I love it. I can't wait to get back into it. Uh, God, you, that's so dumb though. Like, why couldn't? You, why can't people just play the demo? I, I like, don't the, know. like, wouldn't that be a good idea to let anyone play? Like, hey guys, the demo's out. Oh yeah, let me play this. Hey. I remember really liking these games. Cool. This demo is really fun. I'm going to get this game. Boom. I just sold your fucking game. Why?
0: I don't know, man. I don't know, man, because the they gaming sold industry the makes no that, sense to me sometimes. The moment that game came out, I was like pre-ordered.
1: <laughs> I Sorry, they had to sell me on nothing. <laughs>
0: um, I'm sorry that upsets you, Billy.
1: Oh no! I just, I, I, it's just dumb. Like, I mean, it's not like something I'm gonna lose sleep over. I don't no, think. Like, I I'm you. not gonna wake up at three a.m. Like, fuck Tony Hawk. No, I, I get you, man. Like, demos. Like, why used are you to dreaming like,
0: about Tony Hawk? <laughs> demos used to be a big way to like to be like,
1: oh, maybe I will check this game out. Yeah, and you know, it's funny. God, I guess I. It, Another reason I really shouldn't it doesn't really bother me I guess or has no effect on me. I don't play a ton of demos, which is funny cuz I remember when the 360 came out and that that just like that blew me away some of the stuff that you could do on Xbox Live where I was like, "Wait, you just download demos and play them? That's crazy. That's so cool." And you know, I would, I would download all kinds of demos of games that I wanted to play and some of them had like interesting, you know, styles to it where like I remember the dead rising one you could only play for like 20 minutes and then it would, it would stop and you'd have to start over. Yeah. Uh, actually the resident evil two one does that too. And you can actually only play it one time. You only play it once for 20 minutes and that's it. it. So that, which was, which was fun. I thought that was a cool idea. And then they had it. They later, they put out like a regular demo where you can actually just play it. Uh, until you get to the end of it which is still more or less 20 minutes. Away. But uh yeah, now I'm just like, uh oh, there's a demo like it has to be something that I really want to play. Like I downloaded the Final Fantasy 7 remake demo. Yeah. That was just I didn't want to miss out on that. That was awesome. But although I kind of wish I hadn't because now when I was playing the game uh and I was when I first started playing it earlier this week and I was kind of low on time for, you know, I was like, ah, you gotta play as much as I can while, while I can before baby stuff or whatever. Uh, and then, but then I was like, I know all this. I've done this. I did this in the demo already. Let's just get through this.
0: (laughs) Uh, that's funny. Um, well, let's move on to what I really want to talk to you about. Uh, I got lost in my little uh, in my little idea here today, um, but this week or ten days ago, depending on oh no, I guess it was only four. So yeah, this week Monday, James Gunn uh, was asked what his uh, dream X Men team would be, and he went with Dupe, X, Kitty Pride, Storm, and Wolverine. And that got me thinking, what would be my X team? And so I texted you and I was like, let's come up with our X team and an antagonist. Yeah. And so I just want you to know I've gone overboard.
1: Uh, I think I, I, I thought I might've gone a little overboard. So like, I'm, I'm curious how you went overboard. So let's get into this then. All right. Who would your team be? Why your antagonist?
0: All right, so uh, my team is hold on, let me get my little my little paper out. So my ex team is Wolverine because he's my favorite. x twenty three because she's my second favorite. Domino, M, and Nightcrawler. Now I chose M strictly because of her name. Uh, which is um, Monet Monet Yvette Clarice Maria Therese Saint Croix. I was like, that's a fantastic name. She got cool superpowers too, so I think she'll be super. Uh, she'll be super good uh, on my team. Um. Uh, hold on now. So now my antagonist that I went with is. Apocalypse and the Four Horsemen. And so obviously I have Apocalypse as the main antagonist. But for the Four Horsemen, I went with Lady Mastermind, Scarlet Witch, Nocturne, and X-Man. Now, X-Man I only went with because his name is Nathaniel Gray. And I just felt like that's probably as close as I'll ever get to a comic book character based on my name. So I was like, I'll throw him as a fourth horseman. Um, but because I use Scarlet Witch and Nocturne, uh, and I don't know if you know who Nocturne is. Uh, I know the name, but it sounds... She's the daughter of Scarlet Witch and Nightcrawler, right? Uh, so, uh, because, uh, I used, uh, I use Nocturne and then Scarlet Witch. Uh, I also uh, have brought in to help uh, my ex my X men team. I help. I brought in the West Coast Avengers, led by Vision, with Quake, Wonder Man, Black Knight, and Tigra also in the mix. So that was, that's my X Man team and their antagonists
1: i I think you kinda I wouldn't say you went overboard. I would say that you you didn't do what you were necessarily supposed to because I would say only the X- men, only the antagonist and one antagonist. you can't have more than one. Because, like come on, you like you did it's not like you did everything you could to be like, I gotta get as many characters in as I can. Well, no, what had
0: happened was is I was looking for antagonists and I was like. I was like, "Oh yeah, apocalypse and the four horsemen." And I was like, I always liked that concept. And so I was like, "Well, who would I want for my four horsemen?" And so when I got to I was looking at mutants and different mutants, um it led me to Nocturne and I'd never heard of this character, so I was reading about her. And uh and then I was like, well I was like I was like I already got Night Nightcrawler. I could have Scarlet Witch as another one of the uh, four horsemen, and I could use Vision as the play because I figured, um, uh, I figured this relationship she has with Vision is after her relationship with Nightcrawler.
1: Okay. and for for the sake of the description here, is this for like a what? What exactly is this scenario of? these X-Men and antagonists like are you is this would this be like a movie or a comic book series uh
0: yeah it'd probably have to be comic book series there's no way I mean you saw how they did the last apocalypse from the four horsemen I can't could have a repeat of that. I, I I did not
1: see that and I don't oh, think I will
0: yeah you could pass <laughs> we have we have to cleanse our I, power I before that back? Another, I've seen I,
1: I saw the scene the quicksilver scene and I really enjoyed that but that's the only thing I was like all right I saw that part I
0: don't need to say anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So I mean, like I said, I maybe went overboard with my with my team. But yeah. So anyway. So that. So because I had uh uh, because basically. So in my head, the story goes that uh uh, Apocalypse gets Lady Mastermind and X Men first on their team. Uh, she convinces them to go after uh, Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch is uh, hanging with her daughter and X23, who are friends. And I went with the young X23 from kind of the Logan movie, not the more adult version of X23.
1: Like the teenager, sled, yeah. like, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, more like, you know, the like preteen kind of age and yeah. uh, and so when they grab Scarlet Witch and Nocturne X-23 is there and she then gets Wolverine who gets together with Domino and M and they get Nightcrawler because obviously it's his daughter and then Wolverine calls in Vision because Scarlet Witch has uh, been ki- kidnapped as well and uh, and so Vision brings the West Coast Avengers in there. God, I didn't want to bring the Avengers. And originally, I was like, oh, maybe I can have like Captain America or somebody make an appearance. It got out of control, Billy. I can't lie. It got out of control.
1: Is it, you got a lot of moving parts here. Look,
0: it's going to be a trilogy.
1: <laughs> I mean, you saw how that worked out for Patrick Raffis, So,
0: Oh, too soon. We'll get to that later. That's the, that's how we're ending our show. Okay. Uh, who 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 do you have any more questions about my team or do you want to go on to your X-Men and antagonist?
1: I I don't think I have any more questions. I'm not sure how that what You had a lot going on. See, I lo- I thought of it more yeah. as a a movie. Like if they were coming into the, like yeah, the X-Men coming into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I got Who you, do you yeah. use? So, and for the purposes of this, I was thinking, like, okay, in order to do a good movie with, like, a group of characters, like an ensemble, you have to have everybody on equal ground, at least to start with. Guardians of the Galaxy does a good job of that, and, like, Birds of Prey, I think, does a pretty good job of that. Uh, Harley Quinn is kind of more of the main character, but over the course of that movie... I think it does a good job of, you know, getting the other characters in more of a more of a spotlight. So it's pretty good. Uh, Bad example, I guess, would be like Suicide Squad, which is just way too many fucking people. And none of them are very interesting. Uh, So kind of like the first X-Men movie where you had a handful, just like a few X-Men. That's the way to go. But one of them cannot be Wolverine. And the reason for this is because Wolverine is just too... Oh, Jesus Christ. Cat, quit it. Jesus.
0: He don't like you talking shit about Wolverine. Let him know. They're getting into
1: shit. No, this, is not, this uh. is not me talking shit about Wolverine. I like Wolverine. But here's the thing. Let's So let, let's call this the X phase, because who knows what phase of Marvel this would be. If you were going to do X-Men, you would need to do a standalone Wolverine movie first. And when you do an X or or after, it, it whenever Wolverine shows up first, it has to be in his own movie uh, because he's that big. He's big enough for that. The X-Men need to be able to build up to that so that you are, to, are aware of them. I would say you would do that first and then do the Wolverine movie and then have Wolverine in the next X-Men movie. So you would start with – you'd have to have some of the mainstays. So like you got to have Cyclops. Cyclops is there because he's got to be like the leader, the guy, you know. You know, the, everybody knows Cyclops. When you think of X-Men, he's probably one of the guys that comes to mind. Um, then you got to have a good mixture of. You got to also have a good mixture of different people and races and uh, females. And I realized that X-Men. There's a lot of X-Men, but some of them are just, like, super white. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know, I, then I was like, you know, why not – you know, one of the things I, I really liked – I know some people weren't into this, but I liked how in Deadpool 2, Domino was was different. Like, she was black for one. You know, they, well, they changed they things up. and She's
0: definitely the Domino I was thinking of when I put Domino on my team.
1: Yeah, like she's it, it, she was great. So I was like, you know – Especially because people make the the comparison of like Professor Xavier and Magneto to uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X because mm-hmm. the X Men were being done around the time of the Civil Rights Youth Movement. So I was like, why wouldn't you know? Fuck it, let's let's make let, let's have Magneto be the antagonist. Let's have Xavier, of course, because he's got to be the you know he starts the X Men. And instead of them being two old white guys, let them be two old black guys. I think that's more interesting. I know that's super different and Marvel would not do that because like they would want to keep it as close to the comics as possible, but no, I, I say let's, let's go for this. Like, I want to see, I want to see this.
0: Well, Charlie and I had that conversation last episode while you were out. Oh really? Yeah. We, I, I asked cause we're, there was uh something else happened on with Spider-Man and, uh, and then I was like, I asked, did he think that they can keep Magneto and the Nazi backstory and introduce the mutants, uh, because of how old, you know, uh, Magneto would be at this, uh, stage. And, uh, he, his idea was maybe shifting it to, uh, the origins to uh, South Africa and set it during the apartheid. Oh, that's interesting. would, Would lead into your, uh, uh, Magneto and um, Professor X.
1: Like, I know that I would just be saying this because he played Malcolm X in the movie, but come on, think about Denzel Washington as fucking Magneto. Would that not be awesome? <laughs>
0: uh, that'd be good. Honestly, I think he would probably be Charles Xavier.
1: I want to see him a bad guy, man. Like in Training Day. He's so great in Training Day. He's like, you yeah, know... I mean, anyway, well, whatever. Especially because Magneto on, yeah. is so, like, not a a typical bad guy, which is, but he, he is like the, I think the, the go-to bad guy for the X-Men. So like, if you're going to do the movie, you got to have him in it. I think he's got to have a part in every X-Men movie, even if he isn't the villain, uh, uh, which is like what they did in the other movies, basically. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So other X-Men that you're going to need, uh, you need to have women and more people of color Storm is a pretty obvious choice. Uh, So, I mean, you probably should go with Storm. Uh, You know, Psylocke wouldn't be a bad choice. Uh, Especially if you went with, like, the not British version, but, like, the Asian version. She's Japanese, I think. That would be... And it'd be another woman. Yeah, fuck it. Have the X-Men have, like, more women. You know, make it the fact that they're called X-Men kind of weird and funny. So then you, know, you could throw in like Jean Grey uh, for the Cyclops thing, because they're supposed to have like that relationship. You can build on that. Uh, I think beast is a great character that you got even throwing in beast would be a good way to go. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so that you know, and have, and that's it. Just start with, have like those five or like those six, five or six. And you've got, you know, not so many that you can't keep up with what's going on, but you also have, if you do it right kind of like other ensemble movies have done, you give everyone a chance to shine, you know, because that, that, that's the one, I, I do, I haven't watched the original, like the first X-Men movie in a long time. They put it on Disney Plus recently, so I might check it out just because it's been so long. Uh, but based on how I remember it, it's, you know, so many of those movies, which which goes back to me saying why Wolverine can't be in them, they're really about Wolverine. Like they're called X-Men, but it's,
0: yeah, they're all about 70,
1: Wolverine. 75 to 80% Wolverine. Yeah. And the other characters are barely characters. They're just there because they kind of have to be. Oh, fuck. Gambit. Throw Gambit in. That's what yeah. So Gambit was popular in the cartoon. People really liked Gambit. I think that he's got a and also he's from New Orleans. Instead of having, you know, you can have something happen in New Orleans and bring him in. So he's not actually an X-Men yet. They have to go and deal with him because he's a he's a thief first. So that gets a, a movie shot in New Orleans, which is more interesting than doing another superhero movie in around like New York like they usually do uh New Orleans isn't I don't think they've really like Marvel hasn't really done anything in New Orleans right no do you know yeah, where, that'd be awesome you know our
0: project power
1: set is it New Orleans <laughs> New Orleans <laughs>
0: It's hundred percent set in New Orleans. That's like the full backstory for Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. Okay, is, all right. Ain't nobody gonna fuck with my city. <laughs> all
1: right, all right. I right. love Here's it. what you do. Here's what you do. I Joseph know.
0: Gordon-Levitt is Gambit. I'm calling. Joseph Gordon-Levitt now. is
1: Gambit. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Here's what you do. I. Here's the movie. I. I Man. have a concept. So you have to have. Two things.
0: Two things.
1: Someone has to be new to the X-Men. Gambit? Uh, no, no, uh. not Gambit. It's, it's got to be, I think...
0: Well, why are they dealing with him if he's a thief? Why I, is Gambit I'm gonna, still I'm gonna, thief?
1: i fucking, I'm going to get there. Hold on. So, there you have, say, Cyclops come in. Cyclops will be the new person. And he uh, is just kind of learning the ropes and, you know, is really kind of squeamish because of his power. You know, he doesn't, you know know how to control it obviously it just goes berserk uh so he has that character arc over the course of the movie where he becomes more confident in himself uh sort of becomes more of a natural leader because you know he learns to be more confident in his abilities and his ability to control that power that is really uncontrollable uh and then he can also meet gene who is already at the xavier institute and they have their little thing going on uh then, they ha- in order to bring in Magneto and the Brotherhood, so there's, still, there's very few mutants there, which makes sense in the MCU at this point because, obviously, the mutants are around, but the X-Men haven't been around, so that means there's probably not a lot of them. They're still looking for them, and they pick one up in New Orleans. It's Gambit. Gambit is a thief. They're going to go and try and find him. But when they go, Magneto and the Brotherhood are also going there to find Gambit because they want him in the Brotherhood. So... That's that's your story to start off with. That's how you get to New Orleans. And Gambit has like basically a decision to make as he tries to get, you know, first tries to have, has to get away from them or fight them off, before seeming to go with the Brotherhood. And then by the end, ends up going with the X Men. Uh, I got to figure out what that plot is though. Like what what situation happens where they have to fight in New Orleans. Mm, got to think about that. That's a tough one. There's Man, Something that, there you
0: had all week. I mean, I came up with a whole. Story I got well, no, no, uh, but that's because
1: I was thinking about it like from the perspective of like, ah, oh, you know, the first thing I really thought of was like how Wolverine can not be one of them. He's got to do his yeah. thing. So and then,
0: four, but, now, but three days going Wolverine can't be on my team. Who no, no, no. Days? I
1: thought oh. about it. And then I was like, you know how sometimes you think about something and you're like, okay. Yeah. And then yeah. once you start saying it out loud, cause like I wasn't <laughs> thinking about Gambit, I just thought about Gambit and I was like, oh shit, of course Gambit. Cause he's just a popular character. He would be a good one to have. And then like that setting in new Orleans is just, that's, that's a really interesting setting for this movie that's never going to happen uh you don't know that anyway
0: stranger things have happened
1: that's Um, that's my movie
0: (laughs) well i dig it man
1: i dig it. there's some holes there that need to be filled in uh, that's all right
0: it's just an idea to start with that's how we get that's how we get here um all right well let's move on we have one question our first question in uh let's see here, hold on. Goddamn email, go back. What are you doing? Um, well, I can't remember. I can't tell you how long it's been since we had an email because my computer freaked out. Uh. Here we go. The last email we got was from Dak, September 2019. Almost one year later, Dak emails us again and wants us to talk about the allegation from the uh, editor uh, for Patrick Rothfuss that he hasn't written anything on Book Three. Well, it's That's not that so he hasn't boring. written
1: anything; it's that he hasn't written anything in like a, like five years or something.
0: I thought the way I read it, it made it sound like he he hasn't written anything period on the book.
1: So he is no. So I I, I was reading about it and because oh. I was curious about that too, he had, a few years ago he did put up a picture of the current manuscript of Doors of Stone,
0: mm. and he was
1: like, so "Look, here it is." Editor apparently said that they that they have seen that, and that was the last oh. thing that they saw, and that was like five years ago. So I don't think they've written.
0: Yeah, no. she says I don't think he's written anything yeah. for the last uh,
1: six years. Man, that's crazy, too. That's so long. Uh, it is. I mean, I mean, you're I think... over it at this point, right? Because you're like, it... you know, you waited so long at this point, you're just like, it's just not going to live up to any kind of hype that you've brought up, uh, right? He, I honestly, he
0: sealed his own fate with the words in his book where the father is talking to the son about teasing out a song and how if you tease it out too yeah. long, it'll sour. And I mean, like it just, it's so funny feels... when people
1: do that. I remember I listened to a podcast from years ago and George R. R. Martin was on it as a guest and they were talking about his books and they're, they, you know, they were talking for a little bit and then towards the end they were like, Oh, and uh, game of Thrones is going to be a show on HBO. That's pretty cool. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause like it was, it was about to come out. It hadn't even started yet. And, uh, jokingly one of the podcasters is like so what happens if the show catches up with uh with you before you finish the books (laughs) and george is like i mean that would be years from now i'm that'd be ridiculous like that's not gonna happen (laughs) come on dude
0: man open mouth insert foot yeah i mean i you know look as as someone who's who's writing right now it's definitely um it's a struggle for me so I understand uh you know how hard it can be and then there's people like Stephen King who blink and a and a whole book is done I don't oh, understand Oh yeah and it.
1: I, I don't get it either and I guess the difference is confidence you know like there's something about like okay this is what I'm going to do and then I'll go over it you know whatever I I assume this is the mindset that they have as opposed to what I guess might be something similar to my mindset where when i'm writing all i can think is oh well this is terrible and but i force myself to keep going because i'm like look i'm gonna get through this and then i'm gonna go over it again and maybe i can redo it to something less terrible and see where it goes from there and it that can be yeah. hard like i can see and i bet it's even harder if you have already put out books successfully and people really liked them and like, ah, oh, I can't wait for the next one. Like, well shit, that's okay. And not only is it a next yeah. one, like it'd be one thing if it was the next one and you're like, okay, brand new story. You can mess that up or not do as well. It happens. What, you know, especially with like a, yeah, you know, there's a, uh, have you ever heard of the, the, I think it's called the sophomore slump where like your second book or your second movie or whatever is not, is never received as well as your first because people's expectations yeah. are too high. Um, So I I could see that happening, but you're at least you've got that expectation where you're like, okay, this won't, maybe this won't be as good or as well received, but at least it's a, it's a new slate, something different. But when you're telling the same story that people have really grown attached to, that's a, man, that's a lot of pressure. I can see why, you know, especially when you're doing a trilogy and you're like, this is the last book. So I got to make it count. I got to make this work. So, I mean, yeah, that's, not something that I that that doesn't sound like fun. On the other hand, as somebody that would love to be uh, a person who you know writes books and is paid for it and people want to read them, I mean, it'd be kind of annoyed that somebody is like, oh, you know, uh, I don't know, I'll get it out when I get it out, whatever.
0: Wait, you would be annoyed? If uh, I'm what saying
1: now? I I I I do feel myself a little annoyed with the fact that you know. <laughs> Patrick Roth is in this position where there's a lot of people that want to read what he writes and they wants to read this book and it will get published and people will buy it whenever he does get, get it, get it out. If he ever gets it out. Uh, and it's just kind of like, eh, you know, whatever he'll get to it when he gets to it. That's just and like, and for that's somebody that's like, yeah. I'm certain if, you know, like I'm working on a draft for a novel right now and, I'm certain that when I finish it I'll have to go over it again of course and do like another draft and fix whatever issues it has even if I do that 3 or 4 times I'm positive that you know the first the first time I send it out to somebody or any time I send it out to somebody to try to get it published it probably won't get published and a lot of people have have that dream or have that have that feeling and for him it's just for him to just kind of be like not super invested in it, it it's kind of it, it it is kind of annoying you know you know you're, he's very lucky to be in the position that he's in difficult though it, it, as it may be and he's just kind of like not you know just doesn't really matter
0: yeah i mean i i feel terrible at this point i i feel like i got everybody addicted to a drug and then they ran out of the drug and now everybody's looking at me like we need more drugs man give us drugs and i'm just like Get some from your mother, man.
1: It's so crazy that it was so long ago that you were telling everybody. Because, uh, I mean, most people on here, like, listening to us, you were probably there when this happened. But for those of you that don't know, after Name of the Wind came out in, what, 2007? Right? Yeah. So, yeah. I th- I think something like that. And uh, Poet read it and was like, guys, you gotta read this book. And he was, like, going on about it to everybody and anyone any he would bring it up randomly in conversation like we were gonna be talking about books he'd be like you got to read this book so eventually he got all of us caught on to it, like fine we'll read it he was right man i that, that that's a really good book i am one of the few uh at least of our friends I, i'm I, I think most of them feel that the first book is better i actually like the second book more uh i think the second book is great and that took what four years? I th- yeah, that yeah. one came out in twenty eleven. Because I remember it coming out, and I, yeah. yeah, I was living, I was living in my first apartment. Because I remember sitting in bed and reading it, and that was nine years ago, um, man. Like that's fuck, that's insane. Nine years without the third book. Like, and there's other things he's written, other things he's putting other things out, but not that, you know? Yeah,
0: and there's all this talk. Was it there was talk there was going to be a Showtime interview or yeah.
1: series and. Um, and Lin-Manuel Miranda yeah, and was attached crazy, to it man. or is attached to it or something. I don't know. It's something like Yeah. It's just, yeah, I don't know, just, yeah, I, crazy. I don't know. It it's
0: is disappointing. absolutely to
1: say disappointing. The and I do get it. You know, there's a, Neil Gaiman wrote an article some years back. Specifically, it was about uh, Game of Thrones and how artists don't necessarily, you know, artists don't owe, owe you a book. It was his point. It was like, you know, they're they're going to do their uh, whatever they're going to do that they, they don't really owe it to anyone to to do this but i remember reading the the editor for that that put the first made, put this news out like the Petroff's editor and they made a really good point about like look books don't do like the kind of business that they used to like you know it's not like publishers are making money hand over fist like you know like a movie studio for example or you know it, it, they 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 rely on like big name books and big name writers that they have to do shit, and when that doesn't happen, it hurts the publisher too, and I get that. Like that, you know, the fact that this book hasn't come out yet, that puts a strain on the publisher also, uh, and other people that are kind of relying on it, which is yeah. a fair point. You know, that that makes me care more than like a fan that's just like, when's a book coming out? Like, whatever. Like, you know, from that, from the perspective of that, it's whatever you you know, that book will come out whenever it comes out. Fans are too entitled as it is. I I don't want to make it seem like I I feel like I'm owed this book or anything. But from the from the perspective of somebody that would love uh, to be a published author. And for somebody that can do it and isn't, it's kind of like, well, that's that's kind of fucked up. Like you're, yeah, yeah, and frustrating too.
0: Um, what well, do you have do you have anything else you want to talk about, or you want to just call this episode good? Uh, I, mean, I what, well, I'm poet. I'm Billy. Good night. This is the outro. This is the outro. This is the outro for the poet and Billy Podcast Extravaganza.